for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we're back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, or two very special guests, I should say. We have Corn Nut Creek. How's it going today, ladies? Hey, thank Hi. you. Yes. <laughs> so you guys are based out of Australia, and I say Australia because, Danielle, you're in Sydney, and Tanya, you're in Melbourne which is very interesting because one city is not quite as strict with the lockdown and then the other city is. So I'm sure that makes things quite interesting for the mm. music. Yeah. <laughs> but how, how are things going over in um, Australia? How, how are, th- are people optimistic about everything that's going on or how are things kind of mm. going? Right. Well, we're in two very different situations at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll talk about Sydney's situation and then Tanya can talk about the Melbourne. But yeah, in Sydney, we're, we're actually doing all right. And things are starting to come back slowly. And we're just being a bit cautious. Mm-hmm. But um, we're not on any kind of official lockdown. We're just trying to kind of, you know, keep keep things. I mean, l- unfortunately, live music will still be the last thing to return in its in the way that it was before. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some some gigs have been happening, so that's encouraging. But it's a little bit of a different story for Melbourne. So go ahead, Tanya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Melbourne started off with very strict lockdown, um, and then we sort of went into ease restrictions. And I think that was the problem because people started doing what they wanted to do, and I think a bit too quickly. And mm-hmm. we have now a lot of community transmission and a lot of mystery cases where we just have no idea where they're coming from and where we're not in a great situation, um, but the numbers are slowly coming down. There's been no gigs here um, that I, that I know of. um, And it's all quite scary for musicians at the moment. I mean, luckily music is not my main uh, form of money, I suppose, but for a lot of my friends, I think they're all feeling quite uncertain about the future. They're, they're really feeling the pressure just because they can't mm. get out and perform when that's their main source of income. Yeah, they have to think of some other things to do. A lot of them are doing online teaching. After, yeah. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So before we jump too deep into everything, because there's a lot of stuff we can cover, a lot of places we can go, I want to thank you all so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I know with the time difference, it always makes things a little bit interesting because right now it's 10 p.m.? Yeah. (laughs) Past my bedtime. (laughs) I will try not to keep you guys too late. But um, so, what originally got you into music? What's kind of your origin stories? And I guess we can start with Tanya, and then we'll jump over to Danielle. Mm. I started playing violin, um, classical violin, when I was pretty young, like maybe eight eight or nine years old. Um, but I, I think I sort of started to like folk music, like Celtic music, um, even when I was going to school, like primary school, high school. I saw Eileen Ivers from Riverdance with her blue violin and I was pretty entranced by that and started learning those tunes. And I think it didn't take me long to kind of, um, yeah, just accidentally fall into American music as well. I actually discovered a Nickel Creek CD in a record store by accident. I thought that that looks cool cover, you know, the cover looks interesting and those instruments are different to what I've seen before. And I fell in love with it through those guys and definitely um, Crooked Steel and Bruce Molsky. They've been huge influences for me. Um, I don't like, I, I don't think I'm locked into that style. I like a lot of different styles but American is what's I'm in, and I'm enjoying that at the moment. Cool. Danielle? 
Right. So, so I, I similarly came by way of classical music. So I, at the time I was living in New York and, um, I was kind of going really hardcore for a career in opera. So like literally the polar opposite of what, what I'm doing now. And, and I just, there came a point where it just stopped feeling musical for me, I guess. And I just felt like I was kind of going through the motions and it just wasn't about the music. And at that time I had, uh, I think it was when I first started, I'm not even sure how I stumbled upon it, but I stumbled upon, I think it was iTunes had like this algorithm thing where it would just give you like similar, similar music to something. And so I, I somehow discovered Crooked Still, which, which Tanya was just talking about. And mm -hmm. what is this music? And what, like, what are all these old tunes that I've never heard of? You know, growing up in New York, I didn't grow up, even though I, I am from America, I didn't grow up around this kind of music at all. And so, you know, I sort of discovered it by accident you know, in my, in my mid twenties and I fell in love with it as well. And I just, at that point I was like kind of addicted and I started to go to all these concerts and I started to, to study with someone to learn like all, you know, how to, cause I was already playing violin as well. And so I wanted to know how to, you know, how to play that kind of style of fiddle. And I wanted to just understand the origin of these tunes and that kind of thing. And so 10 years later, um, you know, we're here we are. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, um, Danielle, you're you said you're originally from New York. How did you end up coming over to Australia? Uh, yeah. Yes. So, so it's an interesting story. So, so I had met my husband in New York, um, a little bit less than 10 years ago. And, uh, we, he, he'd gotten transferred to Hong Kong. And at the time I was just, as I said, kind of disillusioned opera singer and not feeling like I, feeling like I was just sort of spinning my wheels and I needed a change anyway. And so I was like, you know what, I'm up for it. Let's, let's go to Hong Kong. Let's just do it. And, um, when I had gotten there, it was just at the time that I had started to get into this kind of music and I, I was teaching music over there and I had put out an ad on Gumtree for other musicians that I could play with, um, that played like American bluegrass or old timey kind of music. And Tanya was living in Hong Kong at the time, also teaching music. And she wrote back to my ad and we, we got together and I'm like, I, I was kind of amazed at how I found, you know, exactly <laughs> what I was looking for when I had posted it. And we, we continued to, so we played in several bands in Hong Kong together. Well, for the time we both lived there mm -hmm. and, um, when I had moved back to New York and she moved back to Melbourne, we continued to stay in touch and we continued to write music together. And then my husband's actually Australian. So he, he eventually wanted to come back here. And so here we are um, in Australia. And uh, that was the added bonus of moving here was like, I'm going to get to like play with Tanya again, <laughs> which happening. we have. <laughs> yeah. So how's the, um, well, the obvious next question was, how did you meet Tanya? But you've already answered that <laughs> during your time in Hong Kong, which is yeah. really interesting how that just kind of happens to always work out. Like you meet somebody in a completely different third part of the world mm. and then you get a chance to like reconnect years later after you know, after some time, which is re always really interesting when that happens. Hmm. Um, yeah. So how, how often do you, when there isn't a global pandemic happening and, <laughs> lockdown <Yeah>. and all <laughs> that stuff, how yeah. often do you guys get together to actually play like live shows or record or obviously writing you could do through like zoom and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. yes, Tanya, you want to, Oh, I think one. it'd be like it'd be a few times a year wouldn't it like we oh, just yeah. like because we're both teachers we it coincides with school holidays I suppose trying to see each other and um we've definitely seen each other on our summer breaks and yeah and we've done the most most school holidays like I'll and even like the sneaky weekend <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like hop over there for like a, a weekend of recording or just like a girls weekend that's not or like gig yeah it just kind of depends or we'll we'll meet up at a festival if we're playing a festival we'll sometimes we'll mm. make a trip of it and bring our families and have like a whole situation um sometimes not sometimes we'll we'll set up gigs you know mm. as like a little mini we tried to do like a mini tour once like as we were doing like a family vacation which was fun <laughs> um mm. so yeah we, we try to just basically squeeze in as much as we as we can normally and and it, it is kind of strange for me because it's I would have seen you like probably two, at least two, if not three times in, in yeah. the past 
months and I haven't seen, I haven't seen Tanya since January because of what's been going on. Cause our, our mm. state lines are actually closed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how far is it from Sydney to Melbourne? Mm, I should know this. <laughs> it's, is it about 10 hours or am I? It's, no, that's right. It's, it's nine yeah. hours. I just don't know in kilometers or. No, I don't know in kilometers either. It, <laughs> yeah. It's nine hours. It's about like, it's a really, really long day's drive. It <laughs> sounds like a trip out to go visit my sound engineer. That's it's mm. about seven and a half to go visit my sound engineer. So. Right. Yeah, like if, you, if you're doing it with a family, you've pretty much got to stop overnight somewhere because it's, yeah. it's too much to do yeah. with little kids. So, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd imagine. And they mm. want to get out every couple of hours. And yeah. <laughs> I gotta go to the back. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, I totally <laughs> Whereas me, I leave at 10 p.m. and I'm there by 6 a.m. Mm, wow. Yeah, night shift. Wow. <laughs> well, because whenever I, when I ever make a trip like that, my mindset is I don't have a lot of time, so I need to make the most of it. Mm. And if I don't get to sleep, oh well. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, all right, I'm going to make this work and I'm going to get there. And even if I'm kind of a slug that first day, I'll figure it out. At least I'm there. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. But um, so y'all just released a new EP. Uh, it's called "Feels Like Traveling Home," if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Oh, cool. So, what's kind of the story behind uh, this EP? Sure. Well, Tanya, you should take this one because I took the last one. <laughs> well, the title feels like traveling home. I think that really does sum up, up um, in the way that we have lived in different parts of the world. And we, we have a few different like homes, I suppose. It really is just um, that home is where the heart is, I guess. Um, both of us have definitely left a part of our hearts in Hong Kong. We really miss that place. Danielle's family is still in New York and now, yeah, we're, we're all back. We're all in Australia now. So um, in terms of the concept for the EP, I think by kind of coincidence and accident, it has ended up being like a little snapshot of what young motherhood is like because that's really been our lives I guess lately like um I've just had my second child and Danielle's already got the two and that that really comes through in a lot of our work because it's just really current I suppose mm -hmm. for what what we're yeah what where we're at at the moment um yeah so I think I don't know if you had anything to add to that Danny the album concept uh, I mean well I guess um the only thing that I, I would add is like from, from my, so basically it has happened almost, it, it wasn't necessarily on purpose that all of our music just sort of w went along with this, this general theme, it, because it just generally is the theme in our lives. But, but uh, some of it for me is also, I wrote a lot of this in my first year having moved to Australia and, and it was a bit of kind of a wild time, lots of changes and, and lots of kind of dramas at home. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a tough time. And so I drew upon a lot of, a lot of those experiences and sort of wrote about, about that perspective and, you know, from that perspective rather and what that was like, so. Gotcha. And so what was the song selection process like? Um, did you specifically write for this album or did you just kind of pick from a bunch of songs you already had written um i should probably talk about um february album writing month here because a lot of our material has come from that um okay. particular online community where <laughs> you're i don't have you heard of of february album writing month no i have not no so it's just um it's a challenge i suppose to write is it 12 or 14 songs i think it's 12. no it's actually 14. oh it's 14. <laughs> to write 14 songs in the month of february every year and oh, you can okay. yeah i know it sounds really like uh sounds tough <laughs> and it, it is like i don't think either of us have got yeah. to the 14 but it's um it's not about the number of songs that you write. It's really about just getting your music up there. And there's a beautiful community of people who will just comment and give you advice, whether it be, you know, to improve or just to say, I really love what I'm hearing. And then you can also listen to their music. 
and you can write instrumentals, you can write just normal songs, you can write film music, you could just do something really ridiculous like playing a toy piano or, yeah, there's all, <laughs> um, it's, it's very broad and mm. uh, it was a bit of fun. Like a friend of mine who's a very seasoned songwriter introduced me to the concept and I thought, oh, I, can, I can't write songs, you know, but, but once I got into this, um, I think I got a little bit addicted and it's really, yeah, I think I, it's, it's really fun to do every year, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, and, and it's something time. that we actually decided to do together as well. Like mm -hmm. when Tanya first, you know, decided to do this challenge, like we said, okay, neither of us had, it was 2014 and neither of us had ever written a song before. 2015, sorry, I keep getting that confused. 2015, neither of us had ever written a song before. And we're like, you know what, we're, we're just going to do this and we'll see what happens. And it, it could be ridiculous or it could be great. And, and for me, it took me a little bit of time to kind of write in the style that I was imagining in like the style that I list of music that I actually listen to and so it took a while for that to kind of match but um you know we've done some evolution through through the past few years and then and then basically all most of the material that's on that album we had written in the year prior before mm -hmm. before we actually had uh recorded it mm. gotcha. so the whole challenge is more about the actual writing and not so much mm the production aspect of it is that yeah okay. i think yeah. you can just put up any any old quality like you can record on anything and it's not supposed to be about producing something that's really a finished product it's it's mm -hmm. sort of just like a blah of all your ideas and then you can come <laughs> back to your ideas and then develop them later i suppose so gotcha yeah. so it's yeah okay that makes sense because i was sitting here like man you gotta have like a full produced thing that oh that no, no, yeah. no that's that's too hard yeah. <laughs> although yeah. some people some people on there do some pretty amazing produced stuff though like they they're obviously very experienced at that and they enjoy that so that, yeah right. no that that is that is true but for for us you know it was just about like an intensive kind of focused time so like for mm. the whole month of february every single night like i'm not going to practice i'm not going to learn any fiddle tunes i'm not going to take many gigs like i'm really just going to devote this time to writing new music mm. and and it helps to kind of because I, I do feel like the with the busyness of life you know it's so easy to kind of put off the process and so we we've found that we just have such a productive february when we just sit down and we say like this is all mm. we're doing this month is we're mm. just writing. And so, I, yeah, it's, it's definitely something I will continue to do each year. Yeah. Much, much easier for people in the Northern hemisphere, I have to say, because it's obviously when the weather is like pretty, <laughs> pretty bad <laughs> um, <laughs> here, here, the weather is actually gorgeous. So it's hard to lock yourself away and do, you know, some songwriting by yourself yeah. when it's sun, sunny outside. But um, I've often thought we should do a, you know, a February album writing month challenge in July or something, you know, mm. middle of winter here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we'll see. No, that, <laughs> in, yeah, that makes, okay. Yeah. Now that makes sense. Cause I'm sitting here like, wait a minute. And it, I, it's not February. Like I, I was having a brain fart there. For a February album writing month is um, that's something that's like, uh, so obviously it's like a community. Is that strictly just like an Australian community or are they trying to branch out? No, it's worldwide. Worldwide? Yeah. Okay. So I, but I would I, say I, most of the people are actually in America on that. Yeah, probably in US. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. I've, yeah, I've literally never heard anything about it. So I'm going to start looking. You want to look it up now, don't you? Yeah. It's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. You'll get addicted. Uh, and if not for nothing other than going to listen to new music, like knowing mm. every February, it's like, oh, hey, I get to listen to new music or find new musicians oh, yeah. or, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Well, actually, you could do that. You could just sign up with a, you know, with a profile and you could just listen. You don't have to yeah. do anything. You can just be on there. So. Yeah. That's right. And I, and I have to say, like, I've, I've discovered artists on there that I've mm. really connected to. And I continue to go back to some of the things that they've created on there that they've just stuck up on SoundCloud. And I still actually listen to them because um, yeah, it's, and, and it's kind of a cool feeling to, to listen to other people, other artists music that has not been actually released. Mm. And you know, mm. like the first person- A bit special. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. gotcha. 
So one thing that I'm really interested in, and I think, uh, Danny, you can kind of shine some light on this, is the difference between the U.S. independent scene and the Australian independent scene, like uh, from your perspective. Interesting. I, I'd be kind of interested. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I have to be honest. I feel like most of my time in New York was I was more of a classical singer slash mm. uh, violinist. So I, I really I feel like I, I did I did play with some bands while I was there, and I did do some of this kind of work, but I don't, like none of the, the work that I did was, I guess, as serious. Like I wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a project that I was really gunning for. There was no radio play. There was no yeah. recordings or anything like that. So it's, it would be hard for me to compare. But yeah, if I had true. to compare, the only thing I will say about Australia that I, is, is that I know, I know that if I had the same project in America, I wouldn't have had the same support from, the community like we we have had so much support from our friends to create to get this album up like I, I feel like everyone everyone here has just been so incredibly amazing and supportive in in terms of you know bartering and that kind of thing and not and i i just know that in new york that would be a big ask i, I just can't <laughs> see anyone yeah. being yeah. like sure give me you know a couple of fiddle lessons and i'll <laughs> And I'll mix this for you, you know, or anything yeah. like, you know, it just wouldn't happen. And so I think, I think that that's one thing that that's been a, you know, a gift horse. And I, I've, I've particularly appreciated it because as I said, I know that if I had done the same thing in New York, I, I would be out of pocket for every cent. <laughs> yeah. I completely understand. I um, think um, one of the differences might be that the like Australian people feel like they've made it when their music gets to the US. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we just we just have this idea that we can't like be successful until <laughs> it's gone over there. I think I don't I mean it's not really a um a true sort of a concept but it's just an idea that a mm-hmm. lot of people I think just still mm-hmm. Well I think that's true across the border too cuz even for like actors and stuff that that's like the ultimate the actors like leave australia to go be an actor in hollywood like that's that's another part of that so yeah it's it's part of the culture here i could see that yeah i think it's because we feel so isolated maybe just yeah (laughs) Yeah, we're pretty far from a lot of places (laughs) i get get particularly though for our kind of music like you know if if you get accepted into you know the american like if you if you're accepted by the you know people in these areas that uh grew up with this kind of music and they can hear our music and feel the influence of what we're doing that's amazing for us and so i think we we did feel like oh my goodness we've done it like (laughs) um we you know we didn't know what we were doing at the time but we've we've done it so (laughs) so do you consider yourself more bluegrass or more americana or like more country what in what genre (laughs) do you kind of like to (laughs) This is a really good question, and I'm I'm laughing because I, I feel like we've we've found out a lot about our music through mm. through having to to put it into a category. Because you know, I guess when you're sending to radio, uh, I never would have classed this music as country, but but mm. you know, we well we're on... in radio, country is just like the biggest blanket statement that they can mm. make to try and get as much music. Exactly. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. I mean, I wouldn't call it very bluegrassy. Okay. No. Um, Americana, okay. probably. Yeah, country um, folk. Americana. Country folk. folk country. Definitely folky. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So. Yeah, because I was sitting there, I was just kind of looking at your website, and I saw that you had the uh, bluegrass, uh, you had like a bluegrass country logo down at the bottom there, and I was just like, well, I don't know if I'd ever really consider this bluegrass but maybe it is like because i'm not like i mean i listen to bluegrass but i'm not like the diehard uh this is bluegrass this isn't bluegrass you know i'm not making those claims you're making those calls so so we we fit into that vein by way of old time music so old time music Mm -hmm. is like the the music that sort of informed bluegrass like you know things that came before then and uh particularly what like the 1930s or so and so um 
and, and a bit of gospel as well, but not that the gospel is not really informing us. But um, so, so basically bluegrass and old time do fit together and you'll mm -hmm. often see programmers will play a bit of both and they mm -hmm. like bluegrass festivals will always include old time. And so that's mm -hmm. why we have been really accepted into the bluegrass. Like we, you know, one of our, I guess our um, debut on, on uh, radio in the US was on bluegrass country radio, which was pretty exciting for us because that's, you know, that's like a really important outlet for that kind of music. And it's, it's not like there's that many stations dedicated to it. So it was pretty exciting to be kind of accepted into that, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, but yeah, but but honestly, like it's our, our music does. It's it's not exactly traditional either. So that there's a lot we, we sort of fly out of that zone into more of an Americana country folk sort of zone, if that makes sense. <laughs> so is bluegrass a big thing in Australia? Because I was just look, like continuing down the website, I saw there's like an Australian bluegrass.com. So is bluegrass like a huge thing that's going on there? Or is it like a subculture? Mm, definitely a subculture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't no, know. It's there's... not like... Uh, out there in the mainstream or anything it's okay. um <laughs> i think like i i've lived you know lived in melbourne all my life and it took me ages to discover it and i think you know there's a lot of people that just have no idea that it's that it's there oh, um, but, but by the same token like there are a lot of festival music festivals devoted to it here and it mm -hmm. shocked me actually because i wouldn't have thought that that you'd have that many music festivals devoted to bluegrass um and americana kind of music but there's quite a bit <laughs> that's awesome so um danielle you play the viol or the fiddle mm -hmm. it, oh yeah a distinction without a difference i was almost about ready to call it the violin and it was just like mm -hmm. nope oh <laughs> uh, and tanya you play banjo correct yeah I, I mean i really am a fiddle player first okay. and foremost um i picked up the banjo during i think the first or the second february album writing month and um not really sure what made me pick it up i just felt drawn to it and mm. i've been teaching myself to play it um for the last few years i guess and oh wow um just intermittently like I don't I really practice much yeah. <laughs> but, but I really um I really enjoy playing it I think it's just one of those instruments that it feels intuitive to me and I feel like it's there's something about it for me that I, don't, I can't really explain and so how did you um get introduced to the banjo that's kind of a interesting question since you picked it up later on yeah um obviously i've done a lot of listening i suppose to different artists playing the banjo like uh, i think probably players like um abigail washburn and mm -hmm. um sarah jarose uh those yeah those people are definitely have inspired me but there is a little a special kind of story that's relates to my husband and that's that his grandfather used to play the banjo and so when i was thinking oh I want to have a go at a banjo the first banjo that I did have a little bit of a go at was his grandfather's banjo and we've still got that one like it's a bluegrass one which isn't quite the style of banjo that I need for what we do but that's the first thing I started to play on um and now I'm playing a like an open back uh proper claw hammer banjo but um yeah I just I feel like a bit special that yeah it feels sort of a bit more connected to my husband and his family mm -hmm. yeah that's always really cool when there's that connection because it was his father's or you know it, it's like mm. a family heirloom that's getting passed down yeah yeah so that, that's all that's cool um so obviously with the pandemic there's really no certainty right now but uh now that the ep is out what's kind of the plan moving forward are you working towards an LP? Are you just going, continuing writing and hopefully going for another EP? Like what's kind of the plan moving forward? Right. Um, so I guess well, there's, there's two parts to the plan. So one okay. is we're, we're going to use this time to, to finish the next album and do a full, full album for the next one. And in a perfect world we we would so we recorded this one last october so i i would love to aim to record the next one 
sometime in that same vicinity, maybe so next October, and uh, oh, possibly before if we can make that happen. But you know, by then would be really amazing. And uh, the other the other thought that we have is to is is to do it. Obviously, we have to wait to do any kind of a yeah. tour, and so our tour would happen maybe in conjunction with sometime around, you know, before or after that happens. So I'm also looking at October. Obviously not all of those things can happen in October. So perhaps we'll do the album in July and yeah. do the tour. And cause we talked about doing a tour in, in September and, you know, I'm just sort of waiting a little bit longer to actually start planning it because I don't, I don't want to plan it and then have it not happen. Cause that'll be really sad. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's the really tough part about, right. You know, like the situation that everybody's in is like, they want to start planning their tours for October, November, December, you know, they want to start planning those tours, but with everything going on, it's just kind of like, mm. I don't know. Can we, should we, mm. should we even waste our, waste yeah. our time, you know? Right. I mean, I yeah. guess the obvious way forward, like if we were in the same city would be that we would be able to do some live, you know, live concerts online. Mm. But um, even that, like we can't do that at the moment. Maybe, yeah. I mean, we could do that in the future when the restrictions have eased. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I'm not really sure. Have you guys looked at trying to do like, I, I've seen a few different situations uh, with bands here in the U S and even in Australia, now that I mention it, where they'll do um, isolation videos. So like one member of the band, like usually it's the guitar player will lay down like a pacing track and a video and then every other member of the band will play their respective inners or instruments mm -hmm. and like yes. put like a little. I, I, I've they been call a little it... bit obsessed with these actually. So, I, <laughs> um, yes, we've we've definitely done done quite a bit of them. You know, particularly because we like we said we can't really do anything to promote the album. We can't mm -hmm. tour anything, so mm -hmm. it was, it's it's been the only way that we can kind of still still do a bit of that, and also just to kind of. We miss playing together. <laughs> so it's like mm. it's like the next best thing. I mean, it's not it's not exactly the same, but yeah. I mean, it, it's a chance for you to get creative, I get. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and have a little bit of fun exactly. while still being so far away. Yeah. Yes. Um, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So I um when you're not playing music, obviously you're both working full time. You're both teachers. Is school in session right now in Australia, or is are you uh, getting ready to get, yes. go back to the school? Or so we have different situations for this as well. Um, okay. So I'll talk. I'll talk about my side, and then Tanya can talk about her side. So, um, well, we're, first of all, we're we're actually both part time teachers, which is helpful okay. for for the music and that kind of thing because it, it makes it easier to kind of you know have our music festival life and that kind of stuff. But uh, in Sydney right now, we, we are in session. We're completely fully in session. Everyone's in and, you know, the situation, it's a little bit scary, but it's not, things haven't gotten out of control yet. Whereas go ahead, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thing, things are definitely um, different here. So uh, all schools, everybody's learning from home now. It's all mm -hmm. remote learning. Um, I'm not actually teaching at the moment because I've got a five month old baby yeah. and I'm, I'm not going back to work till October. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm guessing when I go back, it could still be remote learning. Um, my husband's been working from home. He's a music teacher too. And he's just been working from home. Yeah. For quite a while now, which has actually been kind of nice because <laughs> yeah. he's around. <laughs> he likes it. Yeah. I, I imagine. So um, is uh, is school year round in Australia or is it very much like in the US where it's like you get like the big summer break or? It, yeah, it's, it's similar, but uh, the summer break is a little bit shorter. And obviously okay. our summer break is, is around the, the Christmas holiday, but um, mm -hmm. it's a little bit shorter than ours is in the States, but then like the breaks are a little bit more in, evenly distributed. And so it's like every 10 weeks, there's at least two weeks off, which is kind of yeah. nice actually, yeah. because okay. I feel like in New York, mm -hmm. you could just be, you know, you, you could be in school way more than 10 weeks and just be like, mm -hmm. right. yeah, <laughs> so 10 weeks feels like that's enough. <laughs> yeah, 10 weeks is good and you get like that opportunity to sort of recharge and, and get back into it. Yeah, so that's nice. Yeah. And that actually <laughs> sounds like it would work out really well because it's like I remember being a kid and being on summer vacation and you've got like 
60 70 days off like you've got over two Mm. months off and it's like after that first month it's just kind of like yeah what do i do now now yeah obviously as you got older it was easier to fill that time but like a young kid when you're in second third grade it's like all right your mom and dad are at work yeah and you got a babysitter it's like all right so (laughs) one of those situations so Mm. you know but um yeah so when you guys aren't working or playing music what are you doing to just kind of escape and enjoy life (laughs) that's a good question uh at the moment i'm going walking because that's all i can do (laughs) um which has actually been amazing because like where i live is um really it's really beautiful like it's a suburb but it's it's really bushy like there's um a lot of native trees and Mm -hmm. we're not allowed to go further than five kilometers from our home at the moment so I feel very lucky that I'm in this area and I'm discovering, I guess, some new trails and tracks that I didn't know existed. And I'm actually, it, it sort of feels like a necessity now for me to just be out in nature every day. Whereas before, I don't think I had that feeling. I just, I didn't realize that nature was that important to my well being, maybe. Mm. Right. Gotcha. Um, the same, uh, same for me. I mean, I'm definitely spending a lot of time hiking these days. That's pretty much all I do. But it, but I can't say that uh, it's it, it's not just because of the pandemic. Like I, I am a little bit of a avid hiker. Like that's just what I'm into. And and Australia is amazing for that. Like we live, I live five minutes from a really gorgeous trail, and I can just hop over there and do it in 20 minutes and be back home if I if I wanted to, you know and so yeah, I, I, I tend to do a lot of that, but obviously when, when music was on, music definitely, I know you said when you're not doing music, but I, I guess music takes up like usually 90% of my fun time when mm. I'm not, you know, doing mom and, and teacher and all, you know, wife and whatever else, uh, everything, all of my social interactions or pr- probably just most of my social interactions are surrounding music for better or for worse. <laughs> So it's a little bit awful for me because I feel like everything in my life just stopped. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sort of, you know, a little blindsided by it, but yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you know, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Cause like when you're working full-time, part-time, whatever, and you're a full-time parent, sometimes music is just that escape to be like, okay. Mm. Let's... Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that I don't really involve my children in like usually I don't really like having them at gigs even um (laughs) because it's too distracting and it's like it's like me time um whereas my husband's also a muser and he loves it when our son is there he just you know he doesn't phase him and he's happy for that to happen it's just a really different perspective yeah and I I definitely get both sides of the coin because it's like I've seen it. Our engineer, uh, back when I'm, uh, myself and my engineer were living in the same town, uh, we used to go to shows all the time. And it, nine times out of 10, he'd have to at least bring one of the kids because, you know, they, they've got five of them, you know? So, oh, it's wow. like, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> you got to at least take one of them. So, yeah. And, like, he was always worried about, like, the kid being louder because he was doing mm. like the sound for the music and so if the if your sound engineer engineer's kid is being loud and annoying that kind of looks <laughs> bad on you know <laughs> and like i don't even know how it is now because now he just recently got back into playing and it's like i don't even know how you do like if you still got to take one of your kids to a show mm. that you're actually playing i don't even know how you do that oh uh, i have friends that do it and yeah. like i look at them and i go i don't want to do that yeah. <laughs> no, i got too you me neither. <laughs> too hard basket mm-hmm. well not even that it's just i feel like it i feel really guilty like i've done it i have done it and mm-hmm. and i'll take my my husband will come with um with with our kids and i'll feel really guilty because he's he can't even watch the music and and Mm. actually the last gig that they both came to this is really funny i was playing on stage with a banjo player not tanya and Mm. uh (laughs) it was at um this is sort of an australian thing um 
lawn bowls. Um, so there's all these old lawn bowl clubs. So it's not actual bowling. It's like, it's it's lawn bowls, if you know what is that it is. Is it like, I, um, oh, uh, okay, continue. I'll, I'll think of it. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've never actually watched a lawn bowl game, <laughs> admittedly, I'm embarrassed to say. But anyway, but the clubs are open and many of them don't actually still have lawn bowls. They just use them as like music space. And, and they have that lawn there for, you know, if a family comes and they want to have the kids run around and they want to just have a couple of drinks and be able to do that, like that sort of the capacity of how it's used. So anyway, we had a ball, we had a soccer ball with us and my daughter had the soccer ball in her hand and, and, you know, my, my kids are young, they're a little wild. And I was playing on stage with this banjo player and like the, she, she, she went to go throw the soccer ball at us <laughs> and my husband had to like kind of intercept it. And that was, that was it for, that was like three minutes of watching us. And then he was like, yeah, we're mm. gonna go outside. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> like that's, that. that's always interesting. It's like, oh, let's yeah, let's let's not do that. We're gonna take it outside because yeah, it's yeah, the vision, the vision of like your kids actually watching and enjoying it, like that never happens for me. Yeah. No. No. no, no, I'd imagine probably not because somebody's <laughs> always gonna have a bad day, or the music's gonna be too loud, or yeah, right. I yeah. I completely get it. Oh, <laughs> uh, so during the pandemic, obviously shows haven't been happening and you've had a little bit more musical free time, we'll say, like free time to kind of experiment with music. What have you been doing to kind of challenge yourself creatively? Interesting. Uh, you want to start? We, we can We can yeah. both split this one if you like. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't been doing a lot because I had a baby at the start of this yeah. lockdown. So that's been keeping me pretty damn busy. Mm. It's only now that I'm starting to just come out of the baby land and be like, oh, yeah, I'm a musician as well. And yeah. Um, it's got it. Yeah, I've got a couple of songs on the go, and I'm just get. I'm just managing to get the banjo out every now and again. That's like pretty big deal for me at yeah. the moment at this point in time. So I, yeah, I don't feel very creative at the moment, but I'm getting getting there slowly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and at least you get you're in a new situation where you can start drawing new inspirations. I guess. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like going from one to two kids has been pretty pretty intense especially in lockdown <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely yeah. requested like a an angst song about that yeah I, I, I definitely experienced that and so I, I was like you need to put this into a song because I I didn't you know like nothing on our album nothing got on our album like that <laughs> and and I think the next one needs an angsty <laughs> song <laughs> mm. yeah um Daniel yeah so um for me i guess i started out by just uh finding every musician that around australia that that i hadn't played with yet or that you know sort of my my wish list of of people that maybe don't necessarily live in sydney and doing those like stitch together videos with them mm -hmm. uh including including tanya but at first she was a little bit busy with the baby and stuff so yeah. i just went a little nuts and in, in lockdown and just sort of made 25 plus, uh, there's more than 25 uh, videos with other people. Um, I even did like a fiddle competition that, that's run out of um, uh, Maryland mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I just felt like I need to keep, I need to keep, you know, kind of learning, learning new tunes and I need to keep, you know, it's, it's strange for me to not be playing gigs. Like I don't know what to do with myself almost. And so, that's what I've done. And I actually won the vocal in that competition, which completely shocked me because I just did it for something to do, like just to keep myself busy. And I did not think that I would win it at all. So that was really cool. Um, and it inspired me to do more. So, so this is the year of like putting myself out there because I can't really get out there myself if that, if that makes sense and so you know I'm I'm sort of applying for all these different you know competitions and that kind of thing because you know what else can we do <laughs> yeah absolutely you know and because I was talking about this last night with a, a girl she lives in San Diego on the podcast it, it I've seen so many like negative posts and negative things about 2020 and it's like 
Mm. Well, it's on how you spin it. Like how are how are how are you actually spending this time? Like you're a musician, mm. but have you been writing? Have you been recording? Have you been you know? And it's usually musicians that are posting this stuff. And it's like you you work full time yes i understand we many of us do but that still leaves all that time you would have devoted to music anyways right write record Hmm. like even if it's just a matter of taking your phone out and doing phone recordings or you know like like at this point i've noticed people don't really care about the quality as Hmm. the quality of the recording as much as they do the quality of the song you know so 100 percent, yeah you know it's just one of those things where it's just like yeah but Mm. so it's just kind of how how are you spending your time working during this pandemic is always what i'm really curious about so that's why i asked (laughs) yeah Yeah, no for sure for sure and i think i think yeah that that's all all of that is and we are still writing music as well and you know i think i think that uh we're, we're certainly not waiting for february this year <laughs> yeah I no i feel like we're kind of doing our own little version not maybe not as in not as an intense like way as as february album writing months but we're trying mm-hmm. to just do it in snippets between you know being mums and um, yeah, normal I, life so. I completely understand. um so mm-hmm. how do you balance the right what is your creative process when the two of you are writing together Mm. (laughs) um it's yeah it can vary I suppose um I think Danielle writes lyrics like a crazy person like she can just come up with lyrics really really quickly (laughs) and because she's like such a beautiful trained singer she's also fantastic with her melodies and they I think they come really easily and she'll send those to me like as little snippets of ideas and I like to go away and think about what um what chords or what banjo feel would fit with that and I also like to think of fiddle tunes that go sort of in between so um a lot of the songs are really co-writes I suppose in that way like um and with mine I think I'm less less experienced at doing the lyrics and melodies and so I'll often ask Danielle's advice um on those and so but I mean we obviously have songs that we do completely by ourselves as well and then we'll just go hey this this is what I got and um but there's definitely a lot of input from each other into the songs and we just we we just do little voice memos it's nothing really professional it's just all little little <laughs> voice clips and i mean i did one the other day while i was out walking with my mask on so i was feel like i was like singing into the <laughs> phone with my mask you know which wasn't wasn't easy but <laughs> yeah yeah well and we we've been talking about that lately how like you know i i guess before kids or when my kids were really really young um you know, I could devote a whole month to just songwriting, whereas now I feel like it's it's actually better if if I always sort of have the songwriting going on in the back of my head because I could be driving to work and be like, that's the line that needs to go in that song. And, and that's kind of the way it's been going lately where I'll, I'll write a song, you know, in, in little snippets as they come to me. And it's usually in certain times when I just have complete quiet and focus and, uh, Mm. And somehow the song will come together. And the minute that I think of it, if I'm, you know, wherever I am, I just have to quickly write it down before it, <laughs> before, mm. before I lose it. But yeah, yeah. but, yeah, but uh, I, but Tanya definitely, I feel like we work really well together because we, we're, we're kind of, our strengths are in opposite ends. Like mm. she, mm. She, her strength is, is really where I feel like I lack, which is um, being able to think of good, I guess counter melodies with fiddle like if I like a lot of times if I write a tune I like to have a counter melody or even just fiddle tune in general like I I, I feel like it's a lot harder for me I've, d- I've done a couple of them but I feel like you just give Tanya 10 minutes and she can she can write you like an awesome <laughs> fiddle tune um so so that's yeah that's been a really great resource to kind of draw upon gotcha gotcha so th- this has been a interesting question that I've always wanted to ask somebody how do you kind of balance motherhood and your music? 
It's <laughs> the question of the year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, we should both talk about this. So Tanya, why don't you start it off and, sure. and I'll give my perspective as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> um, I think when your kids are young, and they have their nap times. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, with my first, with my first son, that was the time that I would really just go, right, he's down for sleep. You know, he's probably going to sleep for an hour. I'm just going <laughs> to go straight into the room, the study, and I'm going to just play some banjo and, and write some songs. And yeah, you, like Danielle was saying with the moments of complete quiet and focus that you kind of need to have that. At, I mean, I can't really do much at all with with either you know one child with me or both of them it's just too I just it's too distracting mm-hmm. um so I think it's those moments where I get to go out for a walk or if I go for a drive often like when I was still working I mm-hmm. was exactly the same as Danny and I would write songs on the way to work in the car like just you know oh, I'll just record this or just sing three things um and I think those moments were really good moments of me time because obviously as a mum you just you need to take time out and um, yeah and I think it's it's a necessary thing to have your time out and your things that are just yours that not involved with the kids yeah. Um, yeah but it is it's tricky and I've found it quite tough this um, transition to having two children and the lockdown and all that um but it's only making me stronger I guess (laughs) yeah I I mean I'll I'll just say you know I'll talk about the stuff that Tanya didn't talk about with it which is that you know the the other side of it is it, it is a really hard balance and I think it does require having like a really supportive partner because you know that's true yeah I'm going to play, you know, a few festivals a year um, or do a tour or anything like that. Obviously, like, you know, my husband's going to have to pull the, the slack on the other end. And, and, you know, things. it's not super easy when your kids are really young. It's pretty full on. So it's, it's, it's really important to have that. And I think if you don't have that support on the other end, it's, it's pretty much impossible <laughs> to, mm. to do it. And, you know, unless maybe, unless you're like a very, a different person than me and you can all just, you know, like that kind of person that can have your kid going crazy in the audience and it won't affect you, but I'm, yeah. I'm not that person. Yeah. And so I, I, I do need to, to be in the zone that would completely take me out sure. of the zone. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I would, I, I do wish that I could take the kids to a festival that I'm playing at. And I think they, and I feel guilty sometimes, like I'll see the other kids at the festival and I'll think, oh, my kids would enjoy this. And I know they would. And mm-hmm. I think they just need to be a tiny bit older. Before yeah. They- <laughs> yeah. Definitely need to be a bit older. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely one of those things where age is going to play, play into the equation and mm. where yeah. I know my sound engineer he's lucky enough to like especially when they're trying to practice all he has to do is let his little girl play the drums for four minutes and then she just (laughs) runs upstairs and Mm. like she you pretend it's like she's not there it's like all you have to do is let her play the drums for four minutes and she's Mm. she made her noise people know she's there yeah, that's all they really want. I mean, when I have rehearsals at home, um, my son just wants to talk to the, my bandmates. Like he just wants to be like, hey, just notice me. Look, what watch what I'm doing. Maybe play cars with me for five minutes and then he's okay after that. Um, yeah. <laughs> just Which sometimes if it, if it keeps the kids calm, cool and docile, take that five minutes and play cards with them. Well, my bandmates are amazing. Like they, yeah, they just have been so good with my son because he's just super social and needs to talk to people and they, yeah, they're very tolerant. (laughs) Oh, so you're looking at recording again in October, you said, Danielle, I believe you said. Like next October. So like we, we won't be able to, our state lines will, will probably stay closed for a little while longer okay. uh, I would only hope that maybe we can see each other at least in December and uh, if if things are getting kind of normal-ish next year then and sometime after December and maybe before July it would be really cool to 
to get the next one going. Mm. Um, and with, with, with an eye to maybe if we were really able to, to get going and things started to get normal, um, do a tour perhaps after that release, that would be mm -hmm. extra cool. But I mean, you know, we'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I completely got you. You know, it's so hard to plan for the future right now, but it's like, there's mm -hmm. a part of you that's like, no, I want to continue planning for the future because, mm. you know, but it's like how much time and effort do you actually put into it? Right. Because it's like, oh, well, we don't know if there's going to be shows in in November or if everything's going to be like March, you know, it's. Mm, yeah. Well, that's why I think, I think the longer we wait, the better, because, you know, we, we all the work that we put into, into doing this, like, it won't be for nothing and you know we can actually do it so i'm i'm quite happy to wait it's not even the best time for tanya anyway um mm. you know and when her daughter's a little bit older it'll be much easier for her to to do that so so it's 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 worked out in that sense for us because mm. the timing is never going to be perfect anyhow so so i i think yeah i'm happy to wait and i think um extra bonus if we have music released before then even if it's just a single or two <laughs> yeah, um absolutely. but yeah, we'll we'll see how we go, but that's yeah, that's that's definitely the plan. Awesome, awesome. Have you looked at trying to do? Um, obviously, you've been doing like the isolation videos to help promote the um, uh, the EP. Have you looked to try and figure out how to do like actual live streams? Because it's not easy, but I know there's a way that you could do it remotely and not sound like you're completely out of key mm -hmm. or out of tune or out of sync. I haven't looked into it, but like, no. it, it, is, it, is, it has been something in the back of my mind. And I know it's possible because we actually had a group um, at my school that performed for the class and they were all in different places. And I, okay. I kind of think, I don't know if... I, I should get in touch with them because I was we really want to find out. Um, but I kind of thought that they were just all playing to like a metronome and 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 maybe someone had just said like it's starting now. But it it seemed too fluid for that to happen because they didn't seem to need that conversation between them. Like when do we start? And I don't know. I'm, I have no idea how they did it, but they totally pulled off this amazing um, performance. So basically, my school got this virtual performance by this group that you know, comes in and sort of, they were, obviously they would have come in the school if we weren't, you know, having lockdowns and that kind of thing, but they were up in Queensland and they, you know, basically write music specifically, you know, for music education and mm -hmm. talk about, you know, um, how to write music and whatever. Anyhow, they, what they did was amazing. So I, I would like to learn how to do that. And, and it might be mm -hmm. something that we think about doing to just share a little bit more music without having that line in between the, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. still have that line but you know what i'm saying without without having to like pre-record and you know yeah. to actually do it so that'd be yeah. pretty cool i got you i got you well i don't want to keep you up too much later because i know it's <laughs> 11 11 o'clock there <laughs> so I, I want to ask one final question what's one thing that, and you can answer it individually or as a unit or you know however you want to answer it what's one thing that you learned about yourself throughout this entire process of creating the ep going into lockdown and not being hmm. able to promote the ep wait what's one thing you've learned about yourselves as musicians or as people or hmm. Hmm. do you i think do you want to answer it individually or what do you what are your thoughts probably um yeah, yeah i'm just thinking i think uh, for me, it's probably to have lower expectations and to not um, to not sort of be focused on a final product or mm. things being perfect conditions. And and I think Danielle's been really helpful in terms of encouraging me to just get back into things early. I guess like because it it would be easy to sort of be like oh well you know things are really crappy it's just really hard and I just I can't I can't even think about this and there have definitely been times that I just haven't felt like I can do it you know I can't sort of get back into music but she's been um yeah a good inspiration I think and so I guess I've learned that you know despite circumstances I can just keep you know keep going and just do it little by little I think baby steps <laughs> Right. 
Um, for, for me, I guess it's, it's quite different. My, my experience throughout this release and, and even this time is just, I guess I, sometimes I sell myself short, I guess. And, and even when we, when we put the album out, we, we were just laughing about this yesterday. Like we had just no expectation about like where this album would go, um, what, you know, what we would be doing. I, f I feel like we just were so excited to have finished it and, and drop it. Like we didn't really plan it. And, and that was, I, I kind of blame myself for that, but this experience has, has been positive for me in that I can't believe how far that this album has taken us because it was just, you know, I, I didn't, like I said, I went into it kind of just saying, uh, I, I just, you know, we're just going to get this stuff down and I have no, just no expectations whatsoever. So, so just the fact that, that it's been well received and that, you know, it's actually like on the radio here. Like I just, you know, it's, I'm just, I still can't believe it, honestly. And, uh, you know, you'd think that I would have planned ahead and thought ahead, but I, I didn't. <laughs> so, you know, I, didn't, I guess I didn't either. <laughs> Um, I guess like this experience has taught me that, you know, I, I can do a lot more than I think I can do and that, you know, um, I, I, I should, I, I guess, uh, believe in myself a little bit more when it comes to these things, perhaps. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so where can everybody find you online? Where can they find your music? You know, all that fun stuff. Yes. So, um, well, our our uh we're on Bandcamp, so mm -hmm. uh you know you can look up cornut creek on Bandcamp. we there's links to everything on our website so our website is just cornutcreek.com and uh we're on spotify we're on apple music and all the deezer and all the the other usual suspects but um to, to buy the actual album where we're on uh and you can you can buy it digitally or you can buy the actual uh physical album on Bandcamp. So that's, uh, I think we're, but we're, 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 it's, it's been sort of sent to all those digital platforms. So you can even hear it on YouTube and, mm -hmm. and all the, all the other usual suspects, but yeah. Yep. Spotify, YouTube. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I was looking through your link tree and I was like, oh, this is literally everywhere. That's really, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's really awesome. Um, but I want to thank you all so much for staying up. Well I, well, I guess staying up with me and uh, staying up this late, is, I really appreciate it. Um, thank you all so much for jumping on the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll uh, catch you guys later. Thank you thank so you. much.